everybody. You're listening to On The Fly with Devin and Dana, the show that explains today's biggest topics, trends, and questions for people who love all things multifamily. Thank you, everybody, for joining our third episode of On the Fly with D&D. And today we want to welcome Dr. Debbie Phillips. She comes to us today with 33 years of workforce development with emphasis on real estate and multifamily. We're so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for joining us. (laughs) Yes, it's great to see you again. Um, Last year, you came and spoke to our group, and we all fell in love with you. You said you adopted us, but we really adopted you. And and, um, spoke to our group about um, how we can elevate. So anyways, it's just great to see you again. And I wanted to start off with... um, The first thing is, how did you start in the multifamily business? Did you start out as leasing... No, I did not. I started out at the Atlanta Apartment Association. And back then it was called the Apartment Owners and Managers Association. It was AOMA. And, um, you know, you've heard me talk about net weaving. And I was a legislative intern down at the state capitol. And I had met someone, and his name was Duke Ellington. It wasn't the jazz singer. It was (laughs) the guy that was running the apartment association. And there was another guy by the name of John Cox. And he just saw me, obviously, working the room and net weaving and so duke had an opening for an education director and governmental liaison and he said that blonde freckle-faced girl that's what he said at the time you know you would never say that in today's (laughs) world but he said um she's got a lot of enthusiasm and i want you to talk to her and so I tell all my college students to always have an interview suit ready because Duke Ellington called me and he was in Athens, Georgia one day and being a bulldog, I know how to party. (laughs) And I had stayed out all night long partying (laughs) and the phone rang and this is when the phone was attached to the wall (laughs) and the phone started ringing and he said Debbie this is Duke Ellington and I thought I have no idea who this is and lo and behold he was running the apartment association and so he came and he said I'm in town for a meeting and I wondered if we could talk I know you're graduating and I have a position open and I thought is this real and so long story I interviewed with him And we just hit it off. And so that's how I got introduced to the Apartment Association. Well, when you said that he noticed you because you were working the room, does he he know that you still work the room? I I still work (laughs) the room. When Devin and I went to your NAA um, 
session last year. I mean, you're that's what I love about you. Is it you're, was so you're, impressive. Yeah, you're out there. You're getting to know <laughs> mm-hmm. everybody, mm-hmm. and you remember their names. Mm-hmm. And you, you, I think you know the whole whole room before mm-hmm. you even go up there and speak. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love. It. And then and then you use that. Yeah. And you talk. To, Dana know. was like, watch out, she's going to call on you. She yeah. knows who you are now. <laughs> yeah. I was like, no. Exactly. <laughs> right. So, right. yeah, so that's great. And then, so the apartment association, and then where did you go after that? I went on site. You went on site. Yeah. And then you leased apartments. And then. And you I were was. a superstar leaser, I'm sure. I absolutely was on fire about it. Because we work in the best industry on the planet. Mm-hmm. And my mother always said... Use your God-given gifts for something that doesn't have an expiration date. Love it. And housing doesn't have an expiration date. Everybody needs it. You know, you've heard me say before, Truett Cathy, the founder of Chick-fil-A, he said, food is essential to life. Let it be good. I believe housing is essential to life. Let it be good. <laughs> Love that. I could listen to you talk all day. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so what about um, your mentors throughout the throughout the years? I know you probably have a couple of mm. mentors. Mentors. Did you know it is National Mentoring Month? <gasps> I did not know. I didn't either. January is National mm-hmm. Mentoring Month. Let's talk about some mentors. And yeah. I've had powerful powerful mentors and if you read my post today it's about how do you honor somebody that has poured into your life the best way to honor somebody is to pay it forward when people invest in your life they're doing so because they recognize something in you that is powerful And I don't mean that in a woo-woo, egotistical way. It's just they're sowing seeds of life in you. And so the best way to honor somebody is to live in a way that honors them. I've had powerful mentors in my life. Some of them have passed away, and I call them kind of my fabulous five. I mean, those are people in your life that you want to make so proud that's mentoring and mentees you've got to find people that want to walk through that door of opportunity because the door of opportunity is wide open and our role as a mentor to all of you that could be my mentees is to help them walk through that door with confidence because when you feel great about what you do you can achieve anything it's these fragile flowers that I worry about, you know, that don't yeah. that don't drink from the can of belief. Yes, you got to. You have to drink from the yes. can of belief. Yeah, <laughs> you have. You to have drink. to. It's so hard when you see somebody that you can see so much in. You know, mm-hmm. they're just they don't believe in themselves. It's so hard to to see that and see them not want to walk through that you know it's it's so frustrating we've had employees i'm sure all of us that we've wanted to be mentors too and just Mm -hmm. it's very frustrating to see that they don't see that in themselves and then they're not able to make it through but Devin, i tell people all the time you got to take those tapes out of your head 
the people that don't drink from the can of belief, they're listening to the wrong tapes. They're listening to the, I'm not good enough. I'll never be able to. Everybody else gets it but me. You got to get it. Got to get it. You got to grab it while while you can. I mean, I I just shared with y'all before we started taping, there's so many people that walk around without purpose. Do you ever sit? I love to sit at the airport. Walking with purpose. (laughs) Walking with passion. Walking dead. Mm -hmm. Walking with passion. Walking with purpose. Well, well, I was telling Devin at lunch today that you're such a great judge of character. Oh. Yeah. You're so good at that. I have a people meter. Yes, you do. So yeah. I need to know, um, because, well, we'll get to that in a little bit, because I want to talk a little bit about last year, because I wasn't able to be here last year. So I want to talk about your judge of character and some things you said last year mm-hmm. in a little bit. Oh, in a little mm-hmm. bit. Okay. Yeah. Stay tuned for that. Um, how, tell, you did, when you were here last year, you told us a little bit about um, quadrillion. Uh, did I say that right? That's kind of a tongue twister. Yeah, million, trillion, quadrillion. Okay, there you go. <laughs> million, a trillion, quadrillion. Um, how did you come up with the name, and how did you end up wanting to start your own business? I believe everybody in your life, if you're honest with yourself, you come to a, my daddy calls it a fork in the road. Um, I call them defining moments. And I had a defining moment on Georgia 400 in Atlanta, Georgia at exit 7B, Holcomb Bridge. You could go 7B to Roswell, or you could go the other way to Alpharetta, 7B. I can tell you exactly what lane I was in on that highway. And I was working with somebody that not only was not in alignment with my values, I didn't even recognize him on on certain given days. He was Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, I've had those. They're awful. Yeah. And the first thought in my mind was, you deserve better. Why are you playing so small? That was the first thought. The second thought was, oh, my God, i got to call Greg Phillips. You know, I call my husband Greg Phillips because I have so many Gregs in my life. So when I tell you it's Greg Phillips, that's hubby. That's a hubby. <laughs> yeah. He says seven words a year. I make up the rest. <laughs> so I, my second thought was I have to call Greg Phillips. The third thought was today is the day. Today is the day. And... I remember getting out of the car with Jekyll and Hyde, and I thought to myself, I've got to call Greg because I made a decision today that I I don't know what I'm going to do, but I know I'm not doing that. Well, you can only put up with so much, right? Mm-hmm. And and it affects you and your work and your production and your attitude and how they rub off, off on you. It's called the halo and the horn. When you hang out with people, you either get the halo or you get the horn. And I had horns growing out of my head. <laughs> and I thought, ain't no more. Today. We only give each other halos. Yeah. Yes. Right, Dana? You've got to think about what do you want to be known in this life for? And I tell my students in career development, show me your five closest friends and I'll show you your future. I was in the car with somebody that wasn't in my future. And I thought, we got to come up with a different plan. 
And ladies, this is when the phones were in the big bags. Yes. They the look long like in, long antenna. They look like bowling ball bags. And I got that phone out. I think it was a big Motorola thing. <laughs> and I got that thing out and I called Greg Phillips and I said, Today is the day. I'm going into business for myself. He goes, Well, honey, you need to come home and let's talk about this. I said, We're talking about it right now. And he said, well, you, you know, let's just talk about it. I said, no, the decision is made. The details are coming. That decision was made at, at exit 7B. There's no looking back. Friends, the only reason you want to look in the rearview mirror is to see how far you've come. I knew in a second that that was the day. And so how I came up with the quadrillion is I looked in the apartment directory and there was A, B, C, roofing, B, B, C, C, D, 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 and there was no cues. And I thought, oh, I want to be the only one in that category. And so I thought, you know, if we're guilty of anything, it's praying too small. We got to dream big. We got to think big. We got to hang out with big thinkers. And so I looked up a number that was big and there was this quadrillion. I didn't even know what that number was. And I said, that's it. And then I called the Secretary of State, and they said, the quadrillion's taken. And I said, well, then put a V in front of it. <laughs> and that's how I started my company over 26 years ago. And I will tell you, where I've had hard days, I have never, never regretted that decision going under that big green sign 7B. I love it. It's so motivating. And it, it reaches so many different people, not just people who are trying to make a decision to start a business or to, you know, yeah. it, just, it rings true to a lot of different people. I just want people to look around. And if you're not around people that inspire you, get in a different place. You have to surround yourself with what you want to be. We love listening to you. What, what do you love about public speaking? Just the ability to infuse vitamin E to give them encouragement mm -hmm. because you never know who you're going to run into that needs some encouragement. And I love, you know, just sharing what's on my heart and just helping people well, planting seeds of possibility like what is possible right with our like leadership yes You're, yeah a lot of possibilities I mean when I walked in that room that day y'all had already prepped me for the caliber of people that you were with but as we went around the room and everybody told their story everybody had powerful stories and it's in those moments where you allow somebody to share their story that you can really sense a person that has a maximizer mindset. And when you listen intently to someone's story about where they've been, where they are, and where they hope to go, there is nothing richer. I mean, today, coming down here, I have to tell you this quick story. So, um, you know, I talk to everybody, right? <laughs> Surprising. Surprising. <laughs> That's a big surprise. So I'm sitting there and I thought, I cannot wait to see who's going to be in the seats next to me. 
I mean, I really look forward to it. And sometimes I have enough emotional intelligence when they see when they put those newspapers in front of their faces, they really don't want to talk to me. Mm-hmm. But I'm really not going to give them an option. So I'm 17C and 17A and B, and these people start getting in the seat. And they're talking about going to the job site. And and I got so fired up because I knew they were in real estate. Like, I was like, yes. And so I said, hi, guys. I'm Dr. Debbie. And I said, you know, it's just a marvelous make it happen mentoring Monday. And they are looking at me like she's already had too much to drink. (laughs) So I sat there and I got my book and I was trying to read. But I really wanted to interview them. And so I thought, you know, I'll give them some time to get them, let them get settled in. And the big boss, his name is Stephen. Stephen was talking to Rachel, and Rachel's in the middle. And so he's just talking to her. He's sharing about all the projects and, like, what he's wanting her to look for today and da-da-da-da-da. And that was just such powerful mentoring moments and so I said, okay, y'all, I have to talk to y'all. And they looked at me like, uh. And I said, well, I'm in real estate, too, and I'm coming down here to be with my Landmark family. And what are y'all doing today? And they said, well, we're going out on some job sites. And I said, well, you know, I said, I just have to, you know, jump in this conversation. I said, I just want to applaud you, looking to the man. I said, I want to applaud you for investing in Rachel today. I said, you could have stuck your head in your phone and you could have got on your computer and knocked out some emails, but you took the time to intentionally invest in Rachel today. Mm-hmm. Rachel's with the firm three years. They work for an architecture firm and they do large scale projects. And he's been with the firm for like 33 years, just so happened that he graduated from Georgia Tech. And I told him (laughs) I I graduated from Georgia Tech, too. And we just had a sharing moment. But what I wanted to share with all of you and everybody listening to this podcast is that don't take for granted those casual conversations. You know, we're all so busy to jump into our technology that we can miss some very powerful moments. And I got to thinking, and you started this whole conversation, Dana, about mentors, that think about the people in your life that you thought it was just a casual conversation, but it wasn't. It set your heart on fire for something that was big. And I just told him, I said, and then he started sharing with me all the big projects and how he just looked forward to Rachel doing all kinds of things at the firm. And I said, I want y'all to just know how fortunate you are that you have one another. You know, I mean, think about the people in our tribe. Your vibe is your tribe. And I just, I get excited and I give thanks for the things that people assume are random, mm-hmm. they're not random. They were intentional, and I love it. So I had to share that with y'all. Well, I have another story I want you to share. Yes. yes. Last time we were here in Miami, because Devin hasn't heard this one, uh-huh. when you went to breakfast and you met with the manager about the morning huddle. 
oh my God, he was down in the restaurant when I went to breakfast and things were clicking. I mean, they were on fire and I had to bring him over. At our hotel. At the manager of the restaurant of the hotel. Yes. yes. Okay. Yes, at the Mandarin Brickle. And I've got, I've still got his card. In fact, thing, I brought it here today in my briefcase. And so I just had to ask him, I said, things are clicking around here. I said, what's the secret sauce? He said, well, he said, I get together with them all and we have a lineup. And I said, it's called the Daily Huddle. And he goes, absolutely. He said, there's no substitute for the Daily Huddle. I love that. And I got his card and I loved on him and I gave him Believe and Succeed cards. Because well, it, trickle, it trickles down and then it trickles mm-hmm. down so to the team and to the guest and yeah. it just yeah it really can, does you can really see it yep. yeah i love daily meetings i love just touching base even if it's five minutes well let's th- just get energized michael jordan said the minute you get away from the fundamentals the bottom can fall out so uh, daily huddles communications touchbacks they're you know they're absolutely foundational to success and the minute you get away from them the wheels fall off the bus. So, I agree. Yeah. So speaking of the fundamentals and um, doing, you know, all of the back to basics kind of, um, how do you develop leaders? Like, what do you think the key factors are besides getting, you know, those basic, you know, daily huddles, things like that? What do you think are some really important key factors to really develop a good leader? Listening. Absolutely. Listening and listening some more and meeting people where they are you know so many times and we talked about this at the beginning of our conversation about thinking so much and seeing so much in somebody that they don't see in themselves but it's really about meeting people where they are Um, because at the end of the day leadership is about influence it's about being worth following it's about having standards of excellence. And I always think about three things. Can I trust you? Are you a person that expects excellence? And are you a person that can care about people? And if you can, if I can trust you and you have a standard of excellence, and you genuinely care about helping people, not about the scoreboard, not about what you're gonna get out of it. It's about genuinely showing up because anybody can be there at the awards recognition, Mm -hmm. but who is there holding your hand when you're having a breakdown? Who is there in those valleys? That's where leadership is formed and so I love to I love showing up and I like seeing the little things you know if you look at that iceberg the tip of the iceberg is at the top it's above the water but there's a whole lot of stuff that happens underneath and that's the beauty of leadership development it's developing the underbelly it's not just showing up when you know, there's not a cloud in the sky. Right. So, mm-hmm. 
I love, I love, 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 love our leadership workshops because it's a time that we can be transparent about our, our pain points. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so important to recognize is, you know, I always tell people that when I look at for new team members, I want to hire to my weakness. Like you have to be able to recognize where your weak points are. Oh, you know, yes. that's so important. I always joke that I'm an Android person. And I have to hire people who know um, iPhones yeah, and iPads right. because I don't know how to use them to save my life. That's a great analogy. I can't even turn one on. Mm-hmm. So everybody I hire, they all have iPhones. and That's they can, the first question. Yeah. What, like, kind of do you, what kind of phone do you have? And can you turn on an iPad? Because I don't know right. how to work them to save my life. So that and being able to create artistic content. Like, I'll be creative, but yeah, I need somebody to do it for me. So... Well, the worst days in my life have been, and the, probably the biggest mistakes I've ever made was hiring people that were like me and not my complement. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. you know, I, I had extreme success when I started understanding the importance of building a team that has strengths that are greater than yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, with strengths um, and weaknesses, you know, there's there's so much character you kind of have to judge. And when you're meeting somebody, especially with interviews or meeting somebody for the first time, we're kind of going back to that judge of character. So I've heard how amazing your judge of character mm-hmm. is. I heard I missed out on a really good um, session last time. I want to know how you specifically kind of cut through the BS and kind of see the truth. You meet so many people. And mm-hmm. how do you become that good judge of character like what is it about your secret sauce to being able to find the truth behind somebody in that genuine part of the person well people who don't know me think I'm just a talker and I talk a lot but I observe even more and I look at how people treat others when that person gets up and they give their seat to an elderly person when they hold that door um, when they say please and thank you and they have this extreme attitude of gratitude that is my very first filter my second filter is do they do what they say they're going to do are they people of integrity and number three do they follow up So the first is just common etiquette because when you have people around you, the most important thing we can do is put a moat around ourselves to only allow people around us that we aspire to be. That's number one. So we have to have ground rules. You've got to have business etiquette. You know, you have to have manners and number two you have to be impeccable with your word you have to do exactly what you say you're going to do and you have to follow up and I give people little projects I used to teach at the University of Georgia and I used to live about an hour and 45 minutes from the classroom and I can't stand being in traffic So I would get up at like 4.30 or 5 to drive to Athens to get to the Waffle House on Millage Avenue. And I said to the students, if you want a mentoring session, if you want to talk about your life, 
I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to be your mom or dad. I'm going to be your sounding board. But you can meet me on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 a.m. That was Dr. Debbie's first test. <laughs> and those kids, students, that showed up at 7, they met the first test. And they would always come and they would sit in my little booth and I would always know the uh, servers there at the Waffle House. And I watched how people conducted themselves. If those young men took off those hats, even if they came in there after a hangover, but if they removed that hat and they, you know, stood up to greet me and they would always say, well, Dr. Debbie, I'll pay my bill. And I said, no, I have a rule. When you eat with me at the Waffle House, I always pay. And when you get the job of your choice, you're going to take me out. So I always got the better end of the deal. But when you're looking for talent and you're looking for high achievers, it's not hard to spot them because they are always thinking about people outside themselves. They're using good manners. They're impeccable with their word and they follow up. And I have to tell you real quick, I had a mentoring session, not a mentoring session, but a meeting with this young gun the other day. And it was a bunch of executives. And the young gun, his name is Alex, and he was sitting in the meeting and he was really sizing me up. <laughs> like, who is this wild woman? <laughs> and lo and behold, that was Friday. And so last week I was at NMHC all week, so I was out of the office. So I came back. And Saturday, I got to my desk, and I started opening my mail. And there was a handwritten note from Alex. Dr. Debbie, I've heard so much about you. I just wanted to take the opportunity to say you were everything and more that people had said about you. And you took the time to talk to me about my career. You asked about my life. You really poured into me in a short amount of time and I just want to tell you that I look forward to learning from you and being a part of your inner inner circle and I already knew he was a rock star well he's a superstar you know the difference <laughs> in a superstar and a rock star superstars have one hit wonders rock <laughs> rock stars consistently put the points on the board every day there's a difference so if somebody calls you a superstar say I'm a rock star I love that so, so much. I already knew he was a superstar, but he transformed from a superstar to a rock star. And you don't think right now, if that kid didn't call me, I call him a kid, a young guy, didn't call me, I, I would move heaven and earth for that young man. But that's how you find leaders. You look at what they do. You listen to what they say. Because people you want to be around talk about big things. They don't talk about other people. And so many times people will say, well, you got to talk to my leasing consultant. They've fallen off the truck and blah, 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 and they're just not cutting the mustard anymore. And I said, well, what are you doing to help them? Yeah. True. Right? Yeah. So it's not hard to find leaders. You just got to listen. You know, one thing last year that you amazed me with is when you were speaking to us, you referenced books mm. a lot. You know, I love books. I have heard all about this. And then when you sent us a book, you said page 29. How, how do you keep it all straight? Page 29 of this book, a quote from this book. I don't know how you do it. 
Well, you love books. I don't mean to sound like Jackie Onassis, but she said she loved her books. And I tell you, I love my kids and I love all my people. But I tell you, I love my books. And I, you know, have recommended so many books to so many people. But I never recommend a book that I don't really hover over a real key takeaway. Mm-hmm. Like, and I want all of you that are listening, oh, I want y'all to read, you know, because if you're going to lead, you got to read. Mm-hmm. And I never want you to give away your book. Buy some books. If you want to recommend a book, you give a book to somebody else. But don't give your books away. Because I want you to write in your books. I cannot wait. If you open my purse right now, I've been reading Lou Holtz's book, Winning Every Day. Winning Every Day. And I take a book with me everywhere because you're in lines, you're waiting on somebody. Never, ever, ever be without something to put in your head because we have no shortage of bad news, right? And when you read, it's like putting your brain through a car wash. You get to just cleanse yourself. <laughs> this is why she's so amazing. Maybe no. That's what's wrong with the rest of us. We just need to start reading more. Yeah. Gosh. Just read. Just read. It's funny that you said that. Today, I was reading, and I was sharing with Stephen and Rachel, 17A and B, and I showed him something I was reading, and you know what? He started showing me something oh that he was gosh. reading. Have you read it? No. Oh. And it's one of his clients in Mumbai, India, that sent, and he is a, oh, he's a person of influence. Oh. <laughs> And I was like, screenshot that to me, send it to me. And it was his expectations as an architect for standards of excellence. Wow. And I said, if I had one regret in my life, it was not expecting excellence soon enough in my life. It's hanging around with the turkeys and not hanging around with the eagles soon enough. Dana's dying over here. I <laughs> know. Oh, I love it. Oh, my gosh. You uh, you never have low energy. Do you ever have low energy? I'm, I need to talk I to know, Greg because... Phillips. Well, you know, I do every now and then when I run myself too low and I don't take care of myself. But, you know, I try now to be more aware of it. Because, you know, you can look hung out and dried up and like you've been eaten by mosquitoes. And it's not a pretty thing. <laughs> Well, you know, that's what we tell, always our, we tell our teams, you know, leave it at the front door when you come in. But sometimes they just it's can't. Hard, yeah, it's hard. And, but you're always. You have to practice shaking your Etch-a-Sketch. I'm going to buy everybody an Etch-a-Sketch. Oh, my gosh. They have the little keychain ones. Yes. I used to <laughs> give them out. that out because yeah. we can't let them know that we're going to get them. We're doing it. Yeah. We're doing it. Okay. Now, our industry, we have a lot of tur- high turnover within our industry. Mm-hmm. So, is it a losing fight, giving all of the competition? Or how, how, what do you think about turnover and keeping the right people and getting the right people? I think a little bit of turnover is great. And it's just like 
you never really want to be 100% occupied because yes. you always want to be raising rents. Yeah, that's true. Find that sweet spot. And so I think we have to be recognizing a culture that people want to be a part of. And turnover happens when they're not learning and growing, which is why I'm excited, Andrew, you are here because you're going to foster that learning and development because it's a driver of employee engagement. When people feel like there's still some more gas in the tank, that they've got some more to do at that company, that people are listening and they're actually, you're moving the needle. I call it kind of progress over perfection. People get delusioned when they don't have trust in their leaders and they don't have respect for the work that they're trying to do. And so I think turnover, we have to be really careful that some turnover is very positive. My mentor, Ann Sweeney, one of my mentors, she's wonderful. She said, don't stay past your sell-by date. <laughs> like you need to know when it's time to yeah. move on. No, yes. Yeah. And you need to know when it's time to move on. Yep. And, and you also need to know what are you doing? And I ask a lot of people, and I want to give you a quick little thing. I'm in Effingham County. Two people are laying brick. I asked one guy, what are you doing? He said, I'm laying brick. And I asked the other guy, what are you doing? And he's building a school. What are we building? We're building leaders. We're building quality communities. We are building an environment where people want to come to work every day. And so I think sometimes I don't want a lukewarm person around me. I mean, I get the heebie-jeebies when I have somebody that is just lukewarm. They're not on fire about anything. You ask them, what are you excited about? Five o'clock. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me, right? Like, I take them on as a special project. Like, oh, my goodness, we're going to sit here for a minute and let me see if I can put Humpty Dumpty back on the wall. <laughs> but when you don't have a sense of purpose in your life and you're just taking up space, you know, in 2019, there were 396,000 jobs in property management. That's 400,000. And if you look at the demand side, that there's supposed to be a demand for 4.6 million new apartments between now and 2030. And if you use that old calculation, two per hundred units, our industry is going to need another 100,000 people. Where are those 100,000 people going to come from? That's not even talking about replacement people. That's not talking about the people that are on our properties working like dead people. So there's huge demand in our industry. But I would rather work for a smaller team that was on fire than a larger team that was lukewarm. So I want us all to turn up the volume. I want us to turn up the temperature. You know, we got to turn up the temperature so that frog starts what? Croaking. I mean, we, 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 got, we got to be working. And all of us on this call, we could walk on a property and within five seconds, we would know what temperature it was. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, I'm a nut job when I go onto a property and I don't see people moving. When I see people just lollygagging around, that makes me crazy. I mean, a leader's head needs to be on the swivel all the time. It drives me crazy. Right. Crazy. And you see it. Dana sees it. Andrew Ugh. sees it. We all see it. But do we have courage to address it? Like, I've had to walk up a couple times and rearrange some people's molecules. <laughs> like, I've had to ask them, what is up with you? Well, what do you mean? I'm like, you're moving like a snail. What is up? Um, well, my computer's been down all day. I mean, it's like Chicken Little, doom and gloom. The sky's falling. And I'm like, you got to look up. You got to get up from your desk. You got to move. You got to go love on your residents. And you got to say thank you for the people that are paying our salaries. And get fired up. It, I cannot. When people don't get up from their desk. Yeah. It is probably one of the most painful things to me. Yeah. It really is. It bothers Devin. It, it, bothers, it, really I mean, it bothers me. But I mean, it, really, it, it really kills me. Has it, it always bothered you? Yes. Yeah. When I was on site, I was like, you guys have got to get. If I go shopping at the mall and somebody does not greet me within like 20 seconds, I will turn around and walk out. Right. But in retail, I was the same me. way, that though. That happened like, to me yesterday. Yeah, I won't. At when I was all in places retail. of Nordstrom's. Oh, that's I awful. I asked the lady, I said, do they work here? She goes, yes, and I will be having to talk with them in one in a minute. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I can't deal with bad customer service mm -hmm. because I've been in every restaurant, retail. Mm -hmm. I mean, our industry, you, you just can't get away with it. There's no reason for no, you to have this a job like this. This is the like biggest check they write. So you yeah. have to give them great customer mm -hmm. service. Well, right. people are either brand builders or they're brand busters. And if you're breaking the brand... You don't need, you don't deserve to be here. Build the brand, build the brand. Yep. So with this person at Nordstrom's, they were breaking the brand. Yep. They did, yeah. And I that's what they're known for, right? It's the customer yep. service. It's like your hotel place. What, you used to tell the story during customer service. Oh, it was the Ritz Carlton. Oh, the Ritz Carlton. Yeah. And then my, the valet girl at downtown Houston at the really nice hotel. You know, I never remember. Man, the valet girl hit my car. Hit it? When I was in it. Hit? Yeah, like backed up a car into my car. Hmm. A rental. I and I got out and I was like, it's okay. She was crying and I was so nice to her. They didn't even do anything. They gave me a free breakfast voucher because I was nice. You know how you always say like you don't have to be mean mm -hmm. to get nice things? That was quite a meet and greet. It was. <laughs> it was quite a meet and greet. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so... Um, you're all around amazing. Oh, you thank really you. are. You I'm really on are. fire. I'm really excited to see you tomorrow. But I want to know a little bit more about what you've done prior to us meeting you. So oh. about your recognitions. Um, I oh, know yeah. about your 2013 Outstanding Educator Award by NAA. We've talked about your involvement with NAA. And your 2015 Certified Property Manager of the Year by Institute of Real Estate Management. And your two-time Woman of Influencer by Globe Street. And you just got another one in 2020. What was your 2020 award? The Academy of Authors with oh. NMHC. Oh. Or, or with IRAM. Oh, IRAM. Mm -hmm. And what's that one for? Tell me about that one. 
It's for um, expanding the body of work in real estate education, and I got a Palato Award. Wow. Uh-huh. But you know what? What I'm most proud of? What? I have to tell y'all what I'm most proud of. So this past week, I was in NMHC, and it was a week-long conference with all the movers and shakers of the industry. And I literally counted... 15 to 20 former students of mine like I'm talking they had moved from one position as an entry level to now one of them is like a broker one of them's like in charge of the capital markets one of them just got asked to be on the executive team of their company. Um, one of them, Natalie, I posted about her today, Natalie DeGuardiola. She uh, went to school with my daughter, and she is the daughter of Ed DeGuardiola. He's an industry titan. But he and one of my former mentors, the late George Lane, Natalie was there. And I spotted her out of the corner of my eye. And when you're new at conferences like that, you typically travel in a herd, like with anybody you know. And I saw her out of the corner of my eye, and I just had to go get her. And I brought her to the front row, because, you know, I always sit on the front row. Superstars, rock stars sit on the front row, never in the back of the room. So I was on the front row, and I met the astronaut Peggy Whitson. And she was the astronaut that has been in the space for the longest. And Laurie Baker, the chief operating officer, she was just named chief operating officer from Camden. And so I got Natalie, and I just brought her to the front row. And after that session, I got her to take pictures with Dr. Whitson. And then later, I took her to a happy hour and I had her sitting right there with all of us industry veterans, like SVPs and presidents of companies. And if you had asked me what I was most proud of in my entire life, it's bringing somebody to the table. That's what I want to get an award for, is bringing somebody to the table. I just told y'all right before we started, there's this young lady, Raven, her goal and one of her big goals was to be able to speak at NAA. I said, well, we can make that happen. We can do that. And we are looking forward to seeing her speak. Right. Absolutely. But, you know, and I wrote, it's not what's engraved in stone monuments. It's not all the things that have to be dusted on the shelves. It is what you have invested and woven in the lives of other people. My mother was a teacher. I got that gift of love. But that's what I want to do. I want to die empty, that I leave it all on the table. I leave it all in you and you and Andrew and anybody else. Because you know what? It's really not about the Debbie Phillips show, although I'd love to have a talk show one day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would love to have a talk show one day. I mean, podcasts. We could do it. But really, the things that people should be most proud of are people that have gone to do more. I want to be on the front row of your life and of your life and of your life 
And I just want to be there and say, I'm rooting for you. And I'll do whatever it takes for you to elevate. That's what we're talking about tomorrow. Speaking of tomorrow, we can't wait. Oh, here, she, here she's tearing up again. Where's the fan? Yeah. Um, well, we're excited to see what you, what you have in store for us tomorrow. We're going to be talking about, we're going to review big potential. Big potential. We're going to talk about that because that was the last book. And then we're also going to revisit The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek. Like, you know, what are we really playing for? And how do we build, how do we have a just cause? Like, what is our cause? And how do we really inspire trust? And how do we set a standard of excellence? And how do we show people that we really, really care about them. Because at the end of the day, it's really not about leasing apartments. It's about building community where people want to be a part of. And so that's that's kind of what we're going to do. And we're going to talk about our vision. So don't let everybody have the secret that we're going to draw our vision board again. Okay. That'll be my first time. Great. Yeah. I'm excited. Thanks well, for being Well, thank you all for letting there. me be here. Oh. It was such a great one. And I loved getting to... Andrew's here with us. ...talk about our new associate, Andrew. I know you guys can't see, but Andrew's sitting over here with us. In our learning and development. And he is just going to take us. He's going to elevate us. And he's going to share his gifts with our team members. Mm -hmm. We're very excited to welcome him to the team. Well, thank you. All right, guys. So that wraps up another episode of On the Fly with D&D. We look forward to talking with you guys again next week. And we are going to visit with Kaylee, one of our on-site team members, uh, to talk about being an amazing leaser, a great attitude on-site, and talk about her reputation management and how she gets those amazing reviews from her her residents on-site and what she does to really make their experiences so amazing. So make sure you tune in to next week, and we will see you then. Catch you on the fly. All right. Have a great day. That's it for this week's episode of On the Fly with Dana and Devin. Be sure to follow us anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast or on Instagram at On the Fly with D&D. You don't want to miss our next episode. Catch Catch you on on the fly. fly.